Hello, this is Bill Curley. And Holly Hudley. And welcome to the podcast In Between, which is an educational offering of St. Paul's United Methodist Church and Ordinary Life. Okay. Ready, set, go. <laughs> go. What, what, so here we've been talking for all this time and now we pretend that we're just saying hello to each other. Yeah, that's because we weren't talking about a podcast, so um, we weren't planning. You so know, now I, it's just, I, I, yeah. I, I was thinking this morning, as I was thinking about my day, how much I missed talking to you on, a, on the kind of basis that we were talking back during the beginning of the pandemic when we were talking every day. We don't do that anymore, and I missed that. I know. I know. So you want me to move in? Is that what you're saying? I'm kidding. Let's have another <laughs> pandemic. That's right. Oof, yeah. Yeah, careful what you wish for. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Well, that was, I mean, I, I will, that time, while incredibly difficult on the large scale, also had so much tenderness for me, in part because of that. Uh, you know, that the degree of connection and talking and, and daily sort of interaction, I told you before that was such an anchor, you know, it was so easy to lose track of what day it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. still is for me. I'm still suffering from some, mm-hmm. some kind of like social inertia, but, um, but that was, so I, I agree. There was definitely a, I have a lot of tenderness wrapped up in that time too. So yeah. So people need to know that you will be, you and I will be co-teaching Sunday. Okay. I, my, my last text to you was, um, you still want to do that or you want to go solo? And then I got a Zoom invitation. I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 and I'm going to go public here. I did not respond to that text on purpose. Okay. Tell me why. Well, because I'm not going to give in to your sickness. I knew you were going to say that. I am not going to collude with your anxiety. (laughs) Right. Okay. We made an agreement and I'm going to keep it. You and my sickness made an agreement? No, you and I made an agreement. Okay. And then someday I will coach you maybe on on, uh, other ways to respond to, hey, we're co-teaching this week. Okay. Well, I bet I can think of 8 million other ways I could have responded I rather than calling doubt into the well, question. I, I, did, I did want to, I was not, I was not going to say anything about that until you brought it up. You're just now tuning into the podcast. I'd like to announce that Bill and I are having a real life therapy session. Go ahead. <laughs> we're just we're talking about our process. <laughs> Yeah, no, and 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 you are so right. And I will just say that 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 is my biggest hangup. To, and I am sure it can be exhausting for those who are close and love me. Is my um, need for affirmation, mm. and um, I think the learning that I can have almost daily is pause and ask myself if I already know the answer to this question. 
Okay, so let me just say what I said to somebody in this building earlier today about mm. you. I said, you know, this woman that I'm co-teaching with this week is such an amazing human being. And she is a counterphobic six, which means that she rushes right in to things that she is anxious about. And she does so with such compassion and justice. <laughs> and sometimes it heats her up from the inside out. <laughs> well, but yeah, that's for other people not to know until you just <laughs> say it, <laughs> until you share it. But you know yeah it's about yeah. how the sausage is made i guess that's what we could call this podcast how the sausage that, that's gonna be it you just titled it that's your yeah. skill set how the sausage is made yeah yeah it's so, so um you know I'm what, thinking about jim fit oh sorry go ahead you're thinking about jim finley's what yeah he says in his narration of transforming trauma something about um I am not going to collude with the parts of you that don't believe in you. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I remember that. So one of the things that I was thinking this morning about missing our conversations is that, um, you know, I and, and you are, I wanted to say this also publicly, you're certainly free to say, no, we're going to put a parenthesis around what you're doing, Bill do something else Sunday. Um, I, 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 like, decided, I like what you're doing. So my answer is yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I decided, and I'm not sure where to put this in the teaching format yet, but I need at some point to come around and re, re address the whole issue of Jesus, Jesus teachings, what we know about Jesus and all that sort of mm. stuff, mm. because I, I'm staying away from that right now. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that um, what we, what I think is needed in terms of spiritual teaching and spiritual direction is a teaching on developing uh, the awareness of, I don't know how to put it into words. I mean, um, mm. just this morning I was thinking that, that, that maybe the, the Bible that people should read is Brian Swim's book mm. to start with the amazing wonder which, of which book the the heart of, which book the, the creation the heart of the story? cosmos or the universe yeah. story okay yeah 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 you know he has a yeah. new one actually yeah but no that's that's an incredibly profound thought too that's thomas berry and 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 brian swim is um the universe story is the truth of our grounding. We are, my dad said something the other day, he was talking, he sent me something about um, some image that the Hubble telescope captured and how incredible that we can see the big bang. And I said, dad, we are the big bang. We are the big bang, <laughs> you know, and, and this Thomas Berry says the universe is a mode of expressing everything. And we are part of that expression, including the religions we've made up to make sense of it. Right, right. Yeah. I love that phrase, the religions we made up, because they are made up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I mean, here's my thinking about this, uh, you know, that we, 
uh, we are uh, the cosmos becoming aware of itself. So I did this first um, teaching on just awareness and the aware and that awareness is the door that you open to spiritual. Mm. That's the first door, just becoming aware, being willing to be aware and to be aware of everything be aware of our judgments of our own beliefs and how our beliefs construct reality how our beliefs get in the way of things so just being aware mm-hmm. and then the next step after that was well what I personally am aware of when I am aware seeing through the eyes of people like Brian Swim and Thomas Berry and others that we have, and the poets and others that we've talked about is the unspeakable wonder of mm. everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I couldn't just do that without saying, oh, say, I, I'm also aware of the horrible injustice and the murders and all that, everything that goes in, the, all that. But yeah. it seems to me that, then the, that, that as we increase our sphere of awareness, what, what the next thing is to be aware of the other. Hmm. Yeah, that's you know when you sent me what direction you'd like to take for this Sunday. Of course, that well, I think that's a perfect conversation to have with another, right? And also, exactly where my mind has been, I think we are so in the trenches in a Western construct, specifically in kind of white patriarchal religion that we are just individuals, that we are isolated individuals. And that individualism honestly is eroding and corroding our social systems. It's it's corroding our covenants with one another. Right. You know? And and the truth is is that in every room that I walk into, I carry a whole ton of people on my shoulders with me. First right. and foremost, my my boys and my husband and that is such a felt reality for me and you know the counter since we just talked about my counterphobic sickness <laughs> I'm constantly assessing is this safe for the people who are with me and yeah that's mm. kind of sad that that's my first question but our our society has also propelled that question right who is safe here? Mm-hmm. And in our individualistic mindset, we only think about ourselves being safe rather than this whole wraparound that we've got. Are we able to keep everyone safe? You know? I have, I don't know if I will bring this up on Sunday, but I have mm-hmm. these two images of the of otherness that don't involve humans they involve animals mm-hmm. a friend of mine in california sent me a picture of his dog his dog had taken a tennis ball while my friend is sitting at his computer desk his dog had brought a big dog like a lamb had brought a tennis ball and dropped it in his coffee cup <laughs> That's really funny. 
<laughs> and what was the dog saying? He was saying, I want your attention. I want to be with you. I want you to take me for a walk or whatever dogs are saying. And he had a picture that he had taken of this with his dog kind of looking, if you project into the dog's facial expression, some sort of guilt of I shouldn't have done this, but also some sort of please. Thing. Yeah. And then and some sort of satisfaction. <laughs> and then there is this that has started occurring in my life. As you know, mm -hmm. my my wife, Sherry, Dr. Sherry Beeman, mm -hmm. has cats. We have three cats, two of whom I refer to as the terrorist. Well, <laughs> one of the terrorists has adopted me. Uh-huh. And comes and while I'm sitting at my new desk in my in our new apartment, comes and worms his way into my lap uh -huh. and will not move while I'm writing. Okay, that, that's just the beginning. Uh -huh. Cats like to bring their masters gifts. And in the wall, it's nothing for you to find open your back door and have a mouse lying on your back door mm -hmm. that your cat will bring you. Mm -hmm. my, my cat, this cat, whose name is Vaca, after the explorer Vaca de whatever it is. Cabeza de Vaca. Yeah, yeah. Because he's curious and into everything, has started bringing me mice. No, we don't have mice in our apartment. So what the cat does is goes into my closet, into my dirty clothes hamper, and gets a sock and drags it three rooms over across the apartment and puts it on my prayer rug. A <laughs> cat wants <And> you. <laughs> well, what I'm thinking about is there is this web of connection that about the other that we can so easily dismiss, but these other living organisms want interaction with the, the other organisms that are around us. And I'm this big creature in this little tiny creature's life. And this little tiny creature trying to figure out a way to have some sort of connection that provides security and sustenance for the creature. That's my hunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not an expert on cats. But Yeah, well, nobody is. That's the whole mystery of cats. Um, <laughs> I was just trying to look up as you were talking. Um, there is, you know, we have a way of talking about other that usually signifies negative. Um, you are separate or different from me, therefore less than, right? We, that, that's, that's the Western construct, right? Is that the other is somehow bad. Um, but there's a woman who writes about, and I couldn't, I couldn't find a sort of quick definition, but she writes about the transcendent other. That each of us is an other. You are other than me. You're supposed to complete this. You are not other than me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Um, and the and that transcendent otherness, we not only see each other's uniqueness, but we also see each other's the word that I love is hasty, the, the thisness, the essence, right? So mm -hmm. we are both other, but we are also all transcendent others. Um, and it is that transcendence that is connective. 
our, our ability to see past the self mm-hmm. is connective. And she writes yeah. about it much more eloquently than what I just said. But it's, um, I love that way of rephrasing other as transcendent other. Yeah, the, the, the first encounter that I had with the teaching that you're doing right now was, uh, and you and I have talked about this before, was, was with uh, Jim Finley at a Richard Rohr conference where uh, Finley was talking, and it was in a program that he did called Following the Mystics Through the Narrow Gates. And uh, so I would say that Jim Finley is one of our true modern mystics. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, and anybody who is listening to this podcast can go on YouTube and can look up James Finley and you can see some of his teachings on meditation and contemplation. He's such a gentle soul, so bright, so wise. It just, anyway, he was giving this, this talk in this uh, presentation about non-dualism and mysticism. And I could, this is my interpretation of what happened. Jim Finley teaches sitting down. He sits at a table. And um, although he has papers strewn all around the table, uh, and he has a singing bowl, he has some water. He never looks at any, he rings, he uses the bowl, but I, I, I don't see him looking at his notes very much. They're just there. And he, they're important to him because he'll pick them up and walk out with them, but he doesn't look at them. Anyway, he was teaching about non-dual, uh, non-dual mysticism. And I had this sense that he could feel that he was having either resistance or difficulty getting his point across. And he just stopped what he was doing. And he said to the people in the audience, and it felt like he was speaking directly to each one of us. He said, look, I'm not you, but I'm not other than you either. Mm. I'm not God, but I'm not other than God either. And this is true of you too. Mm -hmm. And it just was this powerful, wow, that's so true. Mm -hmm. But we can so easily lose that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I want to teach about awareness. We are part of everything yes and everything is part of us yes and it's to you know it's both important to disaggregate that to know ourselves so that our self-awareness leads to social awareness um this is the book that i've been reading and i have kind of been jumping through chapters as it pertains to some of my own research, but the book is called Living with the Tension. And she explores these tensions, right? And she's interested in how spirituality can aid in racial justice. And she writes about this kind of tension between self-improvement and social improvement, that our spiritual practice, if you don't know what that is, I can point you towards some references. Okay. But, that would be yeah. Do you, do you know what condescending means? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, um, is that, you know, she talks about holding that tension in our spiritual practice 
So the question might be, how can my self-awareness serve greater awakening? How can my self-awareness serve more love in the world? You know, this is, I think, the trick of trying to get out or decolonize, I want to say, to decolonize our religions, decolonize our spiritualities, decolonize our minds, is by getting out from this individualistic belief that what I do sitting on my, you know, couch next to my singing bowl, reading my poetry is only affecting me, (laughs) that it's to prepare me to go out into the world. No, it's also to prepare me to be in the world, among the world, with the world. So, in such a way that I can be a non-anxious, loving presence, right? That's so the, the, the spiritual giants, let's go back to Jim Finley or Jim Finley's teacher, Thomas Merton, or mm-hmm. go all the way back in the Christian tradition to this guy named Jesus. Their experience of what we use, what we mean when we use the word God, did not lead them, has not led them to teach about things to believe. Mm-hmm. They led this experience, led them to demonstrate things to do and ways to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to get that point across. As w- without spending a whole lot of time being judgmental about the way that the that organized religion has screwed this up, mm-hmm. but because uh, it, it, Western, it's not just Western. I, I maybe it maybe it started as far back as as you know Constantine or earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the focus on whether you're right, whether you're believed to be right. Um, has been such a detrimental thing and it's just Christians have killed each other from the beginning about who's got mm-hmm. the truth instead yeah. of embodying what the founder said about this is this is what what love is about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we've got a lot to learn yeah you know back back to Brian swim I think the most useful term I have learned from him I don't know about the most, but for sure, one that I consider almost daily is autonomous and embedded. Mm -hmm. And it is that paradox, that tension that I seek to learn to live with. I am autonomous and embedded. And yeah, I mean, that's just the basis of reality right? Mm. We are part of, we are other than. And I think that that, oh man, I said, I think that that, (laughs) because it's not even a thinking thing. It's a being thing. Mm. And it is one of the most simple and complex ways to be, to learn to be. So I uh, started watching a documentary on Hulu uh-huh. 
about the 1619 project. Oh, and great. I haven't started it yet. Yeah. I ha I have the book. Uh, you do too. You've read mm -hmm. the book. I know that book and, and the author. Of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen her interviewed on uh, numerous things, but she put this documentary in. She narrates documentary. And I think the third episode is out today on Hulu. I think that's true because I tried to watch it last night and it said tomorrow. When the third, okay. I thought it, they were all released. I think they're four episodes. And um, I think that you, Holly Hudley, know everything that's in the documentary. You and you intellectually know it. I know it. I think most of the people who probably are listening to this podcast intellectually know the material that's in the documentary mm. we don't know it emotionally and that's the value of watching the documentary because she has photographs and images mm. and personal stories mm -hmm. of people who've been affected by this country's embedded systemic racism mm -hmm. since the beginning yeah it's just this, chilling. Yeah. And now I, I rode to work today. I couldn't get my podcast to play in the car that I was listening to. So I turn on uh, NPR and there's a story this morning about how in Florida, the governor of the state of Florida wants to take all of this teaching out of every state and public uh, school. Yeah. And that this is this is not to our benefit. No. Not at all. There is a, speaking of Florida, I just was scrolling back through the news alert that Josh sent me. There is a Florida mega church that is making a move to expel LGBTQIA members. So this is real, right? And when what you were saying is that you and I, as white intellectuals, don't know this emotionally, we don't know it in our bodies. We don't know right. this kind of oppression in our bodies. What we have to reconcile, I believe, is that we have suffered a soul wound, a deep soul wound in that not knowing, in that distancing ourselves from the problem, right? So what we experience is not an embodied wound, but a soul wound that says, I'm separate. I'm separate from the problem. I'm separate from the solution. And so one of the one of the cries from people like like Governor DeSantis and others is that we don't want our children to feel any guilt and shame. Right. And uh, awareness is not being aware doesn't come with a value judgment. Being aware is, oh, my God, this happened this mm -hmm. is real this is right. real for people and then what follows this awareness is what jim finley says you say in the face of anybody's trauma i am so sorry this happened to you and mm -hmm. stay out of feeling i need to defend myself or justify myself just to be aware of this is this is the history. Right. Right. And then 
we also need to have spaces, which I think probably need to be sort of like white affinity spaces that can name that we too have suffered from a historically racist society. We don't need to compare our sufferings because they're very different. Right. But the suffering is exactly that. Oh, this isn't about me. I'm distant from it. It's about you. It's about your trauma. But but the lens that we must also turn upon whiteness, and I'm using that in quotes, is oof. I too have been impacted by a society that deemed me better than another. I've internalized that. So what do I need to do to unpack that? So that when I look at you, I also see an aspect of me. I I did not know. I mean, I said I know all this stuff intellectually. That's not true. I don't, there were a lot of things I don't know. I do not know. That it was not until the founding of the United States and the and and the um, importance of making sure that slavery m- remained an economically viable thing, you know, that slavery is what was the engine that made so much of this this country work. That putting a checkbox on your census form or on your driver's license or your marriage license or something like that about what your race was—that's strictly American. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't exist in other countries. I mean, it yeah. didn't. I don't know about now. But mm. the, there is a story on the, the second episode of the 1619 Project of a young man from Ghana who wants to marry an African-American woman to the United States. And so when they go to get the marriage license and he has to check what his race is, mm. he says, what is this? Interesting. So. Yeah, it's a complex, I mean, we've created a super complex society here. You know, it is one of the most pluralistic nations in the world in terms of race, religion, class, et cetera, all of the things. All and the yet, laws and all the laws and everything are not going to change the reality of that happening and being. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a real psycho-spiritual undoing that needs to happen in the psyche of um, white people in order to understand that there's a greater sense of belonging that we can co-create if we can unpack systemic racism, if we can be with it, that it exists, how it exists, how we've been complicit with it or how we have uh, ignored it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think if we can do that, we we will discover a deeper sense of belonging to one another. Well, here's the trick. Getting oh, what we run out of time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we are out of time. But here's the trick. Getting yeah. what you just said across to a white audience without Mm -hmm. defensiveness and rationality stepping in is a major, major task. 
Well, we both know that we both have probably suffered from trying to name exactly that. Right. So who is the woman uh, that uh, blocking on her name? Jane Elliott? Is that her name? Does that sound the, right? The woman who did the blue-eyed, brown-eyed experiment? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Jane Elliott, I think, going. is the woman who, I have a video clip of her uh, standing in front of an uh, audience and saying to them, uh, how many of you here, knowing what you know today, are willing to be treated as an uh, African-American person is treated in our society? Hold your hand up. Mm -hmm. And nobody holds their hand up. So this woman, she's my age, by the way. Yeah. She is a she's a gutsy lady. She holds her uh, holds her hand. I mean, she says again, maybe you didn't understand what I said. And so she asked the question again, and still nobody holds their hand up. And she said, "You mm -hmm. know what's going on, and yeah. you aren't willing to." Yeah. Maybe yeah, I we we can recognize that. it, but no, no, it's a we can recognize it, but we don't unpack it, and. I think that's that's the tricky part is is getting communities of people who want to create awareness to unpack it. And, and that's just one of the things to unpack. Right. So I think that that's yeah. potentially what feels overwhelming. There's so many. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, folks of you who are listening sometime between now and Sunday morning at 945 we will come up with what we're going to say <laughs> <laughs> and a title maybe we'll talk a lot more between now and then but we're going to talk yeah. about other things yeah 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 okay well we'll see you sunday all right thanks bye, bye. <laughs>